Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sophie Scott. And I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people. Sharing uplifting news stories. And delivering tips and tricks. To bring balance to your lives. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. Our guest this week, Ramesh Ranganathan. One of the biggest comedy stars in the country right now. Love this man. First met him, uh, crikey, best part of nine years ago. Saw him at downstairs at the King's Head as an open mic act and with my hand to God as a comedy fan, it was the equivalent of seeing the Beatles uh, at the Cavern. I, I would absolutely say that. Why? Because he... <laughs> why? Asking myself a question that no one else has asked. Um, because he was totally unknown and he was another level to another level. Just wonderful. So it was not hard to spot that this lad was something special and lo and behold nine years later he's one of he's one of the biggest names around so uh, it was a real joy to chat with him we talked about the reluctant landlord which is on sky we we are dropping as the kids say we're dropping this on monday morning so the first episode is this wednesday but depending on when you listen to it it might the whole box set might be on sky uh, it's also on now tv Tremendously funny show. The first series was terrific. I loved it a great deal. The second series, I would argue, I mean, no one's arguing with me on my own. I would argue is considerably funnier. The cast uh, gel that much more than they did in the first series. They bounce off each other. So I, I would heartily recommend The Reluctant Landlord. And as someone who loved the sitcom Cheers, any sitcom that's set in a bar or pub is fine by me. So we talk Reluctant Landlord, because Rom and I have been friends for a while, do we get the giggles? Yes, we do. So, strap in for that. Uh, also, Romesh is on tour. If you've never seen Rom live, get yourself a ticket if you can. Nearly all the dates have sold out. But uh, what a towering talent. Romesh is wonderful on TV. He's a great presenter. He's a great actor. However, you've got to do yourself a favour. If you've only seen him from the comfort of your armchair, you're sort of doing yourself a disservice. So I urge you to buy a ticket to the tour. It's called The Cynics Mixtape. And I'm sure it will be coming to a town near you. So if you can get a ticket, definitely do. I've seen multiple previews of the show. I laugh my backside off, despite the fact that I've seen it multiple times, which is the sign of a great show. Love it. 
as you can you tell I'm quite a fan uh, so yes uh, uh, it was it was a joy to sit down with a a very dear friend but B uh, a wonderful talent but also someone who's been great to balance since it launched he's, he, we've interviewed him for our culture culture section he's been a cover star we did a video with him so uh, yeah as you can tell team Ramesh Ranganathan here wonderful uh, before we get to Ramesh there is our good news section the raging fires in the Amazon, obviously, that is not good news. What has been impressive has been the reaction, because it, it did appear that the media weren't really covering it, which was, you know, which, which was obviously odd. And so it was, sort of, it was up to the people to, to share the message, and social media came to the fore, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, people were doing what they could to share this awful story, and then... I know it's very easy to knock people in the public eye, but it was people such as Daryl Hannah, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, people like that who, who were getting the message far and wide. I've got to say, as someone who follows DiCaprio, how many times do I mention DiCaprio on this podcast? I love the guy. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh my God. Second best Tarantino movie, in my opinion. That's not, that is not the good news section. Uh, but it was, it was thanks to seeing DiCaprio share it uh, that certainly brought it to my attention and we, you know, we've actually covered it in the new edition of Balance magazine which is out Monday the 9th of September great plug there so, I mean shameless plug given I'm talking about a tragedy in the Amazon um, but DiCaprio put his money where his mouth is he, he's, he through his organization has donated five million dollars again it's so easy to be a cynic isn't it but he quite literally didn't have to do that. So the good news here is because I, I, I sometimes and I'm, maybe you're the same, but you, you worry about social media and the impact that it's having on society. Whereas what it's done and how it's brought the the, the sadness of the Amazon to the uh, the global community has been a really encouraging thing and a reminder that social media can be a can be a brilliant thing. Has helped raise millions of dollars to try help the Amazon and the, the people of the Amazon and, and try combat a really awful thing. Speaking of social media, it's something that Ramesh and I talk about in our chat. We took a few seconds out in the middle, so there is a little bit of a hard edit. So Ramesh jumps, Ramesh jumps, Ramesh jumps from talking about what is on his tour and then we take a little leap and we are then talking about social media. Without further ado, Ramesh Ranganathan. Uh, Ramesh Ranganathan. James Gill. Uh, the Reluctant Landlord, season two. Straight in there. Have you moved straight to the same season now? Because it's like... Go on. That, well, that's an American thing, isn't it? Season? What would you say? Series? Well, that's what British people say, isn't it? Series. And then because of like, whatever, Americanization of our... Co oh my God, I was about... I sounded so Brexit. No, go for it. But like... Go on, Nigel. People are... <laughs> Turn you back on me for the rest of this interview. <laughs> No, but people have started saying season, haven't they? And then you just said it without even blinking. Because I would say that, um, would you not say that the series is the overarching show and the season is breaking it up? Um, yes, I guess you could argue that. Actually, no, to contradict myself, you would say the show is the overarching show. You're right. I have American... No, I'm not, no I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, this is a noisier chair than we would have liked, isn't it? But I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it's interesting. It'd be great. Arguably but... interesting enough to lead a podcast chat with it. Yes. I'll let you decide, listener. 
It'd be great if the whole episode was this polite. <laughs> no, I'm not saying you're wrong either. No, 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 no. I mean, I take your point. Um, has what you tell us about season two? So season season one. The, the great thing about season one, I said this to you after episode one, is mm-hmm. that you'd built that world and you are in that world. Some sitcoms it genuinely can take two or three seasons before you're believing the world. Yeah. Are you just saying season to wind me up now? You no, it was, season... it, it's ingrained in me now. Right, I, yeah. I am, you know, just sweet season. Right. Um, so what? <laughs> you build the world. We're in it. We know all the characters. Uh, what does season two have in store? Uh, well, we've got some like narrative arcs in it now. Okay? No, that's not true. What I mean is we've got an arc. We've got arcs that go through the series. So uh, my character Romesh uh, has. You said that with disdain. That is fair to call him Romesh. Is it? I've sort of. Yeah. Is it? I mean, look at Seinfeld. I know, but I don't know. No pressure, I'm just comparing it to the yeah. great sitcom ever. Yeah, I feel it feels sli- it feels slightly egotistical now in hindsight. Anyway, it doesn't Does it really? Matter. Yeah, it doesn't What do you wish you'd call your character? Ramesh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I dunno, man. I could have changed the name though, right? Would it how much difference would it have made? Um uh, but I, get- I could even change the fucking surname. <laughs> But give with the Cosby show, it's called Cosby Huxtable. <laughs> oh wow. What a lovely reference. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think James. When I'm making my sitcoms, I think I like to think of Bill Cosby. What would Woody Allen do? <laughs> <laughs> Just coming from a man who's been dogged by Rolf Harris lookalike. <laughs> Calling uh, anyway, the yes. point is, sorry, so um, Romesh gets some, I, I can't divulge what it is at this stage, but Romesh gets some bad news that he's sort of contending with the whole way through. Uh, his mum starts dating. She gets a boyfriend. Uh, we're very lucky that I can reveal to you that that boyfriend is Nigel Havers. Are you joking? Yeah, not playing himself. He's playing, but he's... <laughs> is he called Nigel? Yeah, yeah. It's weird, actually, because when we wrote that part... We were sat in the writers' room and we said, "I oh, want to be like a Nigel Havers type." And then in the initial drafts of the script, he was just called Havers. I was panicking. I've in, I interviewed someone on a group setting yesterday, and I've, I've never changed it back. Just so you know, fucking hell. Um, just so you know, <laughs> yeah, it can be sometimes distracting. I'm not talking to you, James, and I'm talking to anyone on the this <laughs> podcast. It can be sometimes distracting. <laughs> When you're giving an answer to a question and, and, the, and the interviewer loses eye contact with you for a moment, what I just had to contend with is James essentially doing some sort of repair work on the microphone as I'm answering him. Without apropos of nothing, by the way. Didn't announce it. Didn't apologise for it. He just literally, I just watched him as I'm talking, pick up the microphone, grimace as he tried to dick around with the settings on it. It's insane. I thought I'd got away with it. <laughs> Uh, what was I talking about? Be like a ninja. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, his, his mum starts dating. And also, the other thing that happens is... Not that happens, but one of the sort of ongoing concerns of the season is uh, Ramesh and Natasha are trying to put a, like put the spark back into the relationship. They've got to the point where they've been together for a while and they're starting to ask questions of whether they should be doing more. You know what it's like. Uh, yeah, mate, you're, you're singing to the choir on this one. <laughs> so, um, what is going on here? What? I just want this, if, if that's not worked, I need that, I need the backup. 
tell you what. I tell you what. Michael Parkinson <laughs> shitting himself right now. Just Someone's after my crown. Slowly tilted this polystyrene box. You know what? You know what this is? This is disrespectful. <laughs> oh my god! This is disrespectful. I'm doing this because you're a friend. Would I have done this with Patricia Arquette? No! No, I fucking wouldn't. That is a disgrace. I owe you an apology. No, and you're sorry. getting one. I am sorry. <laughs> this one with Patricia Arquette. Yeah, I've got it. Sat there. Uh-huh. It's just the uh-huh. way that you're behaving as if you. You, it's like you think you've become invisible as you're doing the movements. You can't see a thing. Anyway, uh, yes, so those are the things that's going on. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, this is good. Anyway, um, I can't, I mean, we've gone now. I can't even ask a serious question. Oh, 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 what is going on? This is... <laughs> Jesus Christ. If only we were filming this. <laughs> oh, God. There we go. We'll edit that all out. No, we won't. Um, Next question. So Nigel Havers, as a, as a 41-year-old man, I feel like I've... Gr- and he was wonderful in Coronation Street. Yeah. Please tell me he's the dapping, dashing fox in real life. Yeah, he is. He's a great guy. And he's also, like, amazing... Uh, he's just, he was just very, very good. He's good at acting, isn't he? Do you need yeah. me to verify that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. It's good to know. Uh, he's just great. He was like really, really good. He, he, um, he doesn't eat very much. He looks a million dollars. Yeah. I'm well, not saying to our listeners that in order to look good, you have to starve yourself. No, but I, um, what I mean is, so I shouldn't say he doesn't eat very much. What I should, what I should say is, he's very careful about what he eats. Right, Extremely okay. careful. And, um, you know, I sort of spend my time wondering, I often spend, I often look in the mirror and wonder why I'm so fat as I'm finishing a cake. And then you meet somebody like Nigel and you go, okay, you do actually have to, have to take a bit of care of yourself. Do you want some cake? No, I don't. Yeah, Watch why. Exactly, yeah. Um, in terms of, in terms of acting, do you, is, where I'm going with this, Bill Burr said that when he was shooting Breaking Bad, even the days he wasn't in, he would go down and watch Bob Odenkirk act yeah. because that's how good... He, oh, Odenkirk versus Cranston, in fact. Yes. That's how good, that's how good they both were. Is it a similar thing? Genuinely, someone like Havers, who's, who has done a lot, he's done movies, he's done stage, he's done TV. Yeah. Are you learning from someone like that? Yes, I think so. I mean, the thing that I found, that I find the most tricky about acting is uh, when you're reacting to somebody else delivering a line. Do you know what I mean? That's sort of... I, in the, during the first series, I'd often have to... I'd often find myself just staring gormlessly at the person delivering the line as if I wasn't really comprehending what was being said. Sure. So you still have to be conscious of that. And also there's a lot of comedy in your reactions, do you know what I mean? And that's something I became aware of. And, and Nigel Havers is very good at that. But I'll tell you who else is really good. Well, actually the whole cast are very good at it. But when I started on series one, I was doing a lot of scenes with Yasmin Akram, uh, which is the reason I mention her in this, is, is, is that she showed me that... A reaction off a line can give it five to ten percent in terms of funny. Do you know what I mean? Like, may I tell you the best I've ever seen is go on. David Jason. Really? Yeah, that's the best you've ever seen. Uh, absolutely. I didn't mean to say that incredulous. No, one hundred percent. Really? Astonishing. In what? When did you see him? I mean, every is... episode of, of Only Fools and Horses. Right. So you analyse in... this? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Absolutely. Go on. I think he's the master. There's one episode where they try steal the gold chains, the group of them. Yeah. And there's a scene in the flat 
where he's making drinks in the background while reacting to stuff. Right. And you're getting laughs off his reaction. Yeah, yeah. Things like the rubbing the hands together, yeah, yeah. Uh, the double the double takes when yeah, someone yeah. says something you, you can't quite believe. Do you genuine question, have you have you had to have acting lessons or have you just done it on the on the fly? Uh, I've got some tips from people. Uh, Charlie Baker's wife, Sam, she yes. gave me a bit of help. And uh, Lisa, my wife, was a drama teacher. So she sort of told me how to like prep scripts. You know, like uh, looking at what the motivation is for a scene, making a decision on how you're going to deliver a line. Do you know what I mean? Like, you sure. Know, being, so I was, just, I was just going home and trying to remember the line, like trying to learn the lines. But there's so much, I mean, this sounds so ignorant. No, no. Who's actually got any minimal training in acting. But like, I knew where I could find the funny, you know, because yeah. you're a stand-up, so you sort of you sort of know instinctively how to deliver a line in a funny way. But it's just that finding the absolute maximum, what to do with your face, and you know all that kind of stuff. It's just stuff that I hadn't thought of, and so now, well, well after you know thinking about it a bit, I, I put a bit more into preparing for like, you know, you sort of I'll annotate. I mean, it was. Alison Stedman, we had Alison Stedman in her script oh looked like God. it had been like rewritten over the top sure. in Byra, where she just like she just like put so many little notes to herself on how she's gonna deliver stuff and how she's gonna react to stuff. It was great. So that really helped me. And you are with Alison Stedman, you are literally talking about one of the best people who's ever done it. I know, I know. Um, is the plan with reluctant this is a fan question. With, is the plan with Reluctant Landlord to just run and run and run where it, you know it's one of those that goes for seven, eight, nine seasons, or do you have a there is no uh, definitive cut-off point, but uh, I would never want to. Out- I would never want it to outstay its welcome. Do you know what I mean? I think that if I started to f- if I started to feel like I was scratching around for ideas for it, I'd walk away from it and try and do another show. Do you know what I mean? I think like I mean I've never done more than two series of anything. I don't think so. Uh, um, but reluctant landlord. Sure, yeah, yeah. But, but reluctant landlord is. I've got. I mean, I can. I, I could. Tell, I've got enough ideas for that show to last eight or nine series easily. But it's just a matter of like whether I think it's. You know, you can come up with material. Is that material pushing the characters on? Is it doing enough to justify making it? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? So long running rivalry with the rival pub. Yeah. Give you see that and Gary's Old Town Tavern on Cheers. Yeah. yeah. They milked that for. I know. Yeah. I should say milk because it was a great running gag. But yeah. you know, there's. Well, we're very lucky to have Steve Edge playing uh, David Foster, who's like, he, do, he nails sort of hipster prick very well. Yeah. And, you know, what we've done in series one, and we started to explore, you know, because in series one, my character was a bit of a prick to him, was a lot of a prick to him, but you didn't really know why, because apart from him being sort of slightly irritating, he's actually a nice bloke. Yeah. In series two, we sort of prod that a bit more, really, and then uh, I guess we'd carry on doing that going forward. What's, what is this, this feels like such a... Sure, question you get a lot. V is is it possible to get good vegan food while on a shoot, mate? The food on this shoot was unbelievable. What so good? Incredible, incredible. Go mate. on. Well, just the chef on it. He um, he. I promise him I'll tweet the. I'll I'll, uh, I'll share all the details. But like he um, he just took it as a challenge that I was vegan. So obviously, not obviously, the vegan lunches and dinners are incredible, but what he did was, he made, like, the problem that vegans have is that the desserts are always shit, you know, you always get a fruit salad or a sorbet. He was doing spotted dick, 
He was doing tart tartan. He was doing apple crumble with custard. All vegan. I mean, it was insane, man. Is he, is he in the crew now, then? What I mean is, next time you make a project, would you be taking this oh, guy? Oh, 100%. Sure. He's got to work on everything I do. 100%. Okay. Even at home. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the name? Get, get, is there a... Do you want to plug... I, I can't. Oh, this is really bad. I'll put you on the spot there. That was a yeah. stupid thing to No, it's fine. Um, I'll figure it out. We'll, I'll let you know. I can do it in the intro. Okay. Uh, you've got the tour coming up. Yes. How exciting is that? It's your biggest tour yet, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. Um, it is exciting. I mean, you've. That was a gamble of a question. If you'd gone, actually, the previous tour, I had five dates tomorrow. <laughs> you? If you'd, uh, well, you, as you know, I've tr- tried and tested a lot of the stuff out of your club. Um, but uh, I'm at the nerve-wracking stage now where, like, you know, I've got the time. So, like, you know, I'm currently on my, work, on my warm-ups, I'm doing about 90 minutes. Um, not all of that is good enough. And so, right now, I would say the sh- Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Joe is middling to good, but I need it to be excellent. And that will very much depend on what I do over the next two months. Do you know what I mean? When I'm going, I'm finishing up on League of Their Own and then I'm going off on holiday for a bit. And then when I come back from holiday, I've just got two weeks of just warm up gig, warm up gig, warm up gig, just nonstop. And hopefully by the time I finish that process, the show will be banging. But at the moment, you know, at the moment, the signs are good, but it's just not, this is the most difficult bit, as you know. It's like getting the material up, obviously it's a challenge, but then you get to the point where you think, okay, I've got a good bulk of stuff here and it's just giving it that finesse. Do you know what I mean? That's where I'm at now. Sure. Um, A lot of our listeners will be frazzled people, something Mm -hmm. that Balance has covered in the past, how to cope with being frazzled. I can't think of a better person to ask, how do you successfully juggle multiple projects um i very much uh am a uh a believer and this, I, 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 I sort of um i do, i'm endorsing what i'm about to say to you yep but i would not say it's completely without its 
downsides. Okay, so I'm just I'm just want to qualify what I'm saying. Sure. What I don't want is somebody to do what I'm saying and then go, well, this happened. Because basically, I a lot of the time, like sort of, and stop me if I'm being waffly or boring, but like you're sort of juggling a lot of things. You're going from bit to bit. You know, you're doing. You know, I might be doing. I might be working on a reluctant landlord script and I'm descri- I, I might be doing more than one thing in a day. Okay? Yeah. Let's, I don't need to give an example. This is insanely boring. No, no. But the point is, is that that can be a bit overwhelming sometimes. If you're rushing from thing to thing, everybody can relate to that. Um, but what, I tend to, what I've become very good at, or I've had to become good at, is being in the moment. So like now that I'm chatting to you, the idea is, I'm just giving this as an example, is that all I'm thinking about is having this chat with you. I'm not thinking about after this... Like, for example, after this, I've got to go off to do a work-in-progress gig, right? And the, the, the old me would be like, right, I've got to do this chat with James, and then I've got to make sure I get to the train so I can get to this gig, and I've got to, then I've got to prepare for... It's not about that. It's like about, like, you completely engage yourself with whatever you're doing at that moment in time. And that I found really helpful. The reason I say it has its downside... Mentally, I think it's probably one of the best things I've ever done. Do you know what I mean? In terms of, like, you, just, you enjoy what you're doing more. You're not thinking of this as a a stepping stone to get to the... And you're not just rushing through, do you know what I mean? So that's really good. The downsides, I would say, to it is that people don't realise that's what you're doing. And so often, I get... To, like, say, for example, I've been, I did a day's writing the other day and I just didn't look at my phone at all. I was just totally involved in the day's writing. And then I looked at my phone at the end of the day yeah. and people were going, why haven't you come back to this email that I sent you, like, and, like a couple of hours ago and blah, blah, blah. That was just me. yeah. But like that is just that is I think what that is is that's not those people's fault. That is if you're going to work like that, you've got to say to people, look, there's no point contacting me like during the day today because I'm going to be. T-. So it's just a matter of managing that better. I'm pretty badly organised, so I don't do that. I just decided that's what I was going to do and didn't let anyone know. Whereas before, up to that point, I was constantly on my phone. As soon as you send me an email, I'll reply to you. As soon as you- but then I just stopped doing that, um, and it just makes you your work's better and you just feel less hectic. That would be my big. That's my big tip. Please, may I ask the, about the book that you'd read that, that has helped here? So I got recommended this book uh, by Eckhart Tolle, uh, A New Earth, right? Which is, um, I would thoroughly recommend the audio book just because of his voice. I mean, it's great. Can you, you can do an impression, can't you? Well, my impression is like a bad impression of Werner Herzog. Yeah, no, but let's hit it. Because you did it the other day on the phone, and it was great. So it's things like, um, it would be, um, uh, the only thing that is important <laughs> is what is happening right now. Yeah, that's it's it. That, that's that's sort of it, thing, like that, it? yeah. yeah. Um, it's, that book is good. I would preface it by saying you, there's a lot, of bit, a lot of at the beginning of it that's a little bit difficult to get through, and it's a bit religious-y. So if you're willing to tolerate that, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying if you're religious, it's not a bad thing, but I'm just saying, you know, I'm just warning people when they read that. But the essential thing of it is, is being completely in the moment. I think it's good. I mean, that's, that's huge. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I look, I, I, t- I chose to take what I took from it and I, um, I, I just think it's a great thing, man. I just think it's so easy to get overwhelmed and I don't really get too stressed. I mean, I get worried that what I'm doing isn't good enough, um, but slot, I think that's different to stress. It's sort of a pressure that you're putting on yourself. But um, I've just found, like, since sort of engaging with things like, in a, in a, like, like the way I've been talking about, 
it's just much you just enjoy what you're doing more do you know what I mean and you, and you don't worry about it and, you, and also what they talk about in the book is eliminating the ego completely do you know what I mean it's just you immerse yourself in this moment or or you put you throw yourself into whatever you're doing at that current time your uh, everything every part of your conscience should be focusing on I mean I'm saying that as I've been talking to you now I've been thinking about it you know like you can't it's a, it's a difficult discipline to master do you know what I mean but you try and do it but it's like it, it, it's my understanding that it's like going to the gym and that you, you've actually got to develop that muscle. You can't just well. Apparently, the way that you can get better at it is because apparently thinking is kind of almost the enemy. Do you know what I mean? If I start talking to you and then I start thinking about shit, I had a bad conversation with my wife this morning and I start mm. worrying about that. Then I'm talking to you, but I'm actually away thinking about that. So you have to practice, and it's like mind. It's like mindfulness, isn't it? You have to practice being in the moment, and that means you might do a completely mundane task like sweeping the floor and you have to force yourself to completely engage with that activity I mean that's very difficult to do but that's what you're supposed to do like you know you're supposed to exercise that muscle I'd say to any of our listeners I think a lot of them given this is balanced a lot of them may know who Eckhart Tolle is but that that one in particular, I would. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'd read his. Out. I'd read his other stuff. But that's yeah. I've downloaded it for him. Yeah, but that one is the one that I think is yeah. like next level. Um, now I know I don't need to spoil any bits or anything, but for people who haven't yet, right? I'm going to say this: this is the best tour you've ever done, and that's the highest. Hey. Of, it's the highest of high praise. That's so lovely of you to. Say. I mean, you sort of would say that. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If you haven't got a ticket, I, I urge you to to get one. What sort of themes are you hitting on this one? I know you can't ruin bits or anything. Yeah. Uh, it's, your, it's your funniest show, hands down. It's A lot of comedians will do a consistently funny show, but the previews you've done, people... Ha- and this is what you, your dream has been, is for people to be actually losing their shit at bits. And that, yeah. But that's hard, isn't it? Yes, it is. Getting hard. a laugh is one thing, but for rolling... Yes. You know... Uh, well, I just sort of get more um, personal than I ever... I mean, I talk about... Weirdly, I talk about some of the themes that are covered in Reluctant Landlord, which is when you sort of go a, a certain way down a relationship. You know, I'm very much in love with my wife, but uh, the new car smell's gone. Do you know what I mean? And so I sort of talk about that a bit. Talk about... Um, <laughs> I talk about um, the environment and I, I, basically what I talk about is I, I, I tend to talk about um, in this show I'm talking about things that I feel need a bit of taking down so for example we've all become and I get every time I mention this I talk about this I get somebody tweet me telling me I'm, an, I'm a horrible person so I'm just uh, trying to that's what I'm struggling with um, I think we've all become very very noble about what we're doing for the environment and things like that and actually I've long believed that we that we don't want it enough. Do you know what I mean? We don't want to save the environment enough. We want to do what we want to do. Do you know what I mean? And so I sort of explore that a little bit. I'm very, I'm very, I'm addicted to taking uh, accepted sort of thoughts and and prodding and prodding them. I guess. Do you know what I mean? But then there's other things I talk about. Talk about veganism a bit. Talk about uh, relationships. I think that's it. Loads of stuff. You know, I just think you have to accept things that are outside your control. If people have, if people have different views to you, I think that you know, you know. Look, I'm I'm left leaning and I'm a liberal, and I find some of the things that are said by the right upset. You know, well, on the face of it, I disagree, I strongly disagree, but I think that I, I think you need to absolve yourself of worrying about it. I mean, this is the views that people hold and. That is it, and I think that you can't, you're not in control of that, and I think that you just um, 
there is no point worrying about things that are outside of your control. I just don't think it's worth it. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, that's how people feel about things. That's what people say. If, if you're really bothered about it, you can do something to try and counteract that in your own way. You can say what you think. You can do something to, to, to do it in your own way. You put your energies into that. But just getting upset about what something somebody said, I don't think any good can come from that. Do you know what I mean? 100%. Eckhart Tolle wouldn't be getting, he wouldn't no. be checking tweets. No. Um, and then also, I, I'd interviewed a chap called Mark Manson. I chatted with him, uh, I've chatted about him with Josh Whittacombe recently as well. And his advice is with things like this, and it, up until recently, I'd really been taking this on board, is to lift your head above the parapet. Don't get involved in, yeah. don't even, not that I would ever get into a Twitter app, but you shouldn't even be reading the. Well, I, 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 I've stopped reading everything that gets tweeted to me now. Sure. But, um, and it's, it was very easy to do. I thought I'd find it impossible, but I haven't actually. I found it very easy. But um, the thing that I did was like, you know, because often I'll always get somebody, every time something goes out, somebody will tweet me saying, I hate what you do, or I can't wait for you to disappear, or whatever, or worse. And I used to like, I used to think, well, I'm a comedian, and I thought of a funny way to respond to this. And then I'd respond to it. But the problem that I had was that because of my Twitter profile and how many followers it's got, I've opened this, per- I've amplified that person's, currently at the moment, you know, when they tweet me, I'm really the only one that's likely to see it because it's directly at me. Right. As soon as I reply to it, everybody that follows me sees that reply, then sees their tweet. And actually I started to feel that it was unfair on the person that initially tweeted me because they're just sort of angry or annoyed for whatever reason I don't know what they've been going through and they've decided to send me something shitty it doesn't really affect me and then I've gone everybody that follows me on Twitter have a look I'm not, it's not like I'm even retweeting it as soon as you reply it opens it up and then I'm like I did it once and then loads of people started going like screw you man like like just everyone just piled on sure. and I thought this is just some guy that's just angrily fired off a tweet to me and now his timeline you know I'm upset Am I upset? You know, I've got, I've got one tweet off him. God knows how many tweets he's getting. Do you know what I mean, I just, it just didn't feel right. So I decided that the safest thing was just, just not respond to that stuff at all. And now I don't even look at it. Uh, last, last question. Um, what do, it's a question that I, I often forget to ask. What do you do for, for balance? Our listeners probably might not know what you would do for balance. So away from the work to bring yourself back to uh, well, normality. James, as you know, I have become addicted to spin cycling it is absolutely my favourite thing and I never thought I'd be saying this to you but I love it is this true? yeah you know what I thought this was? a callback to a video we did on no, the- no, no. <laughs> I thought god he bears a grudge no I bought this thing I bought this bike this like I don't know I don't know what your, the rules are with name brands Na- name it it's a Peloton I bought a Peloton it's like a loads of money do you know this thing? yeah mate it's insane Go on. So it's like, it's got a screen on it. Yes. It's like a proper nice bit of kit. You have to pay, by the way, very expensive. You buy the bike, you sign up, to, you, you do these spin classes from your house, but there's this gaming element to it. I read this article about how, why it's so addictive, but like you, it gives you all your stats and your figures. You have these power zones. It tells you how many times you've done it that month. It tells you what you're, you know, you're pushing your power output and shit like that. Mate. I love it, man. I'm like, look, I'm the laziest person you know. And until I got, basically, I got, uh, I'm not allowed to, weirdly, because I've got four stitches in my eyebrow, I'm not allowed to use it at the moment. I don't know why, Seriously? what the connection is. Yeah, but I've been told I can't do it. But, um, apart, aside from that, I've been doing it five, six times a week. I mean, I'm addicted. You absolute hero. I know, I'm a hero. So That's exactly the No, but this word. is amazing, because I, 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 I desperately need something to get back into 
It's so much money, and I can't figure out whether it's the money is the reason that I keep using it because I can't bear to spend that amount of money on something I'm not using, or just the fact that it's great. But but in case someone listens to this and they look at the price of the Peloton and yeah. you know, yeah. um, what I would say is that if you offset that with how much your gym membership might be, because yeah. I've seen that I've seen the price, but when you know I've worked it out and. You, you can, you well, can make so, it. Well, you can make the, the money I, work, can't all you? All I would say is, I've been paying a gym membership for nine years yeah. now. And in that time, I've gone nine times. Yeah, right? absolutely. And now, I've got a Peloton bike, and I'm using it, like, six times a week. And, like, okay, I've spent a lot of money on it, but my wife uses it as well. I'm not Listen, I don't want to start turning into a Peloton advert. All I'm saying is, is that for me, it was worth, it's, it's been worth the money. But I realise that it is a big outlay, and my wife and I sat down and talked about it, and we talked about whether it was worth the amount of money that we're putting out for it, and we decided yes. Totally. And so we went for it. If Peloton listens to this and starts sponsoring the podcast, I'll, I'll be ringing you. Listen, well, yeah, please do. Uh, Romesh, thank you for everything down the years, on screen, on stage, and on a personal level, off stage. I'm and thank you, James, for your meticulous nature of microphone adjustment, the impeccable manoeuvring of polystyrene boxes to position backup recording devices closer to me, it's really been a pleasure to watch that. That was hurtful because I was being sincere. <laughs> what I got back was hatred. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, Rob, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks, mate. Reluctant Landlord, Season 2, uh, Sky One. Yes. Bless you, my friend. Thanks, There mate. he is, Thank the you. great man, Romesh Ranganathan. Thank you so much, old friend. <laughs> what a weird way to sign out. Uh, oh, reminds me, please check out. If I, could, I wish I could do that finger click thing that Ali G does. Sometimes I'll just click my fingers, uh, covering the fact that I can't do it. Heartbreaking. Uh, this Friday, we're dropping... Oh, yeah. We're dropping... Sticking with dropping... Uh, a bonus episode with Nick Helm, who's also on The Reluctant Landlord. It makes for a very powerful listen. You'll see why. Uh, Nick is a, a, a wonderful soul, great comedian, great actor. So check that out on Friday with Nick Helm. If you enjoy the podcast... Spread the word. Tell your friends. Please rate us five stars. Leave a positive review. You have no idea how much it helps. Just taking a few seconds out. Be grateful. Thank you. If you want to drop me an email. Don't I shouted that. Podcast at balance.media for sales. Oh, you've heard my voice advertising. I'm not going to pretend that I don't enjoy it. Uh, sales. I'll tell you what I've got addicted to. Leaving mates. WhatsApp voice messages. Are you similar? Oh my God. I need to get over it. Uh, sales at balance.media. Thank you so much. We're super grateful. Uh, the Reluctant Landlord is on Sky. You've got to see Romesh on tour. One of the greats. The Cynics Mixtape. Coming to a town near you soon. Have a great week. God bless you. I've been James Gill. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.